you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Good morning, PTSD peeps. I certainly hope this finds you well. Kevin, he's still up there in Pennsylvania. Carlisle Barracks, close to his uh, his mom, his family. So, so Kevin, how was your Thanksgiving dinner? My Thanksgiving dinner was was super packed with with all the stuff that you want to have. You know, I'm gluten free, brother, and I haven't had gluten free stuffing I think since I went gluten free 20 years ago. Wow. But I had my brother, who's also terribly gluten sensitive. He may be celiac actually, wow. but he made the best stuffing. I'm telling you. Brother, in fact, some of it was left over today and put into a broccoli and cheese casserole, and uh, it was fantastic. So I I think it was not left over. I think it was actually he he made it fresh. But anyway, it was it was a great Thanksgiving dinner, brother. Everything but cranberry relish. Praise God. I'm glad he left that out. Well, we certainly made some homemade cranberry relish here. And we <laughs> ate so much. Good for I, you. And I'll tell you, brother, it reminds me when I was a little kid, my mom said, you know, Douglas, if you get good grades, she's the only one who ever called me Douglas. Call me Dougie for a while. She's the only one that was ever authorized to do that. But anyway, as I went through life, she, she told me, if you get, uh, if you get all B's or above, I'll cook you your favorite chocolate chip pancakes now I was in like third grade and, and and folks just to give you an idea we were poor folks you know and just having having chocolate chips and to go in our pancakes we did eat a lot of pancakes had hamburger once in a while I ate a lot of rice and taters and baked potatoes a lot but I I remember she made me these chocolate chip pancakes I came home with my report card and I said ma I said I have you know all A's and one B and uh, I want those pancakes and she made me this huge chocolate chip pancake and I ate it and uh, should you want another one? I said, yes, ma'am, please. I want another one. And my mom made me a second chocolate chip pancake. And man, I just hammered it. I loved it. And she says, would you like another? And I said, I would, please. And she made me that third one. And and, and Kevin, when I got done eating that third one, she came back and said, uh, how are you? Would you like another? And I said, no, and I don't want that one I just had either. And that's how I felt on Thanksgiving. That's man. how I feel. <laughs> I, I didn't want that other one anymore. I want that last one. Yeah, that pumpkin pie was, yeah, re- replace pumpkin pie with, or replace pancakes, yeah. Take it back. Take it back. So, you know, far, far too often, uh, I mean, well, maybe not far too often, but so many times in my life, I've had some trust issues and just, just honestly, what we do is we take these morons in our life. So we're looking at the word trust today and we take what they've done to us. And somehow, if we're not careful, that'll become part of our identity. So our, our filter will be, well, we've been messed over by people before we've been hurt before we, you know, we've been lied to you, you know, you fill in the blank. And certainly we've all been around the knuckleheads and, and those people hurt us and they, they get in the way of us stepping out. They get in the way of us trusting the Lord. They get in the way of us doing that next thing that God has for us of doing that next thing in our family, you know, and and there is this inferiority complex that comes along and, and, uh, you know, I'm telling you, there's nothing worse than this superiority complex that hurts you turning you into an inferiority complex when you have that 
that comforter. He's coming. He's been there. He's with you when you accept Jesus Christ. He's telling the disciples he's coming. Well, with you, when you accepted Jesus Christ, he was there. And you know, the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lead not on thine own understanding. Now, don't try to make sense out of doing the next thing. Don't try to make sense out of doing what God has for you. Don't try to make sense. It'll just mess you up. Just do it. Have fun. Love again. Live again. You know, be part of it. You've got this great God who loves you so much. And, you know, 1 John 4, 18 said, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. And that perfect love comes from God. That perfect love indwelleth within your heart. That perfect love is there with you because fear have torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. And and, and when we when we let fear, when we let hurt, when we let the knuckleheads become part of our identity, when we let them creep in and we filter what people are trying to do with us or talk to us about or go out to dinner or have a great day or go for a walk, but we filter and say, what if? Stop the what ifs and say, we serve a great God, Kevin, let's go. Well, that's so true. You know, it does take God to fix to fix uh, trust issues. Was, as you were talking there, what you said was so good because, um, you know, David said this, um, I was greatly afflicted. This is uh, Psalm 116, verse 10. I was greatly afflicted at the end of verse 10. And then verse 11 says, I said in my haste, all men are liars. When we are going through great affliction, it is easy, is it not, to say in our haste to come up with a blanket, mistrust, distrust of everybody. All men are liars. Um, I remember going through some stuff. I Like I mentioned a couple of days ago on the broadcast that, you know, you wake up in the morning on the worst day of your life and you wonder if it's worth getting up. And, you know, when you go out into life, the worst thing to do is to, to get, to get cynical instead of, I'll put it this way. Let let me give the personal example. The worst day of my life, something just really bad happened and I'm not going to go into details, but it involves some rejection. And I called someone, you know, rejection, abandonment. And and I called someone who was close to me, fairly close to me. You know, I called a friend and I just, I, I, what can you say? All you can do is say, this took place. This took place. And unfortunately, it was thrown back on me. It was just a terrible thing. It was not thrown back on me as like, you're the blame. It was thrown back on me like, why are you calling me? You know, type yeah. of thing. And so as you realize, oh, okay, you kind of learn. Who, I've heard it said in affliction, you learn who your, your real friends are. So when you call someone and, and you were fairly close, you know, kind of like, I just need someone that I can talk to. And that takes place. I came out of that saying, everyone's a jerk. I mean, everyone is, I just made a blanket statement. So what happened? David in his affliction went from scripture, the scriptural view of mankind is it says, let every man be true and every man, excuse me, let God be true but every man a liar, that's Romans 3, 4, that thou might be justified in thy sayings and might overcome when thou, be, when thou art judged. So the, the wise thing to do in affliction is to say, I get it. Every man is, is, has, has flesh, and I do not trust any man's flesh. So I am suspicious of, of 
of humanity as far as their flesh goes. There's nothing that that's evil that that every one of us are not potentially able to accomplish. Now, that's that's one thing. That's that's natural suspicion, which can be healthy. And, and maybe suspicion is not the word I'm thinking of, but caution. But on the other hand, there's cynicism or being cynical. Cynical is where you say, where I said, you know what? Nobody, I don't want to talk to anybody. Nobody's worth talking to. David had gotten cynical. And, you know, Doug, we live in a day of cynicism where people are tired of being lied to. The government lies to them. The news media lies to them. The, 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 you know, the, the, sometimes the, the medical community, oh my soul, there's so many things. I'm not saying doctors, you know, per se, you know what I'm talking about. The, uh, the talking heads that are that are supposedly in charge of our medical future, you know, in the world, uh, people are just so cynical about it. And what we do is we turn it all off and we end up missing the voice of God saying, this is the way, walk you in it. Listen to this guy. Listen to this person. Listen to your pastor. He's got some wisdom here. Well, this person offended me. Wait a minute. They may still have some wisdom. Overcome. Oh, you got to overcome some stuff. You've been hurt, but you know what? Don't get cynical. Be cautious. Move forward cautiously. Have circumspectness, uh, but do not have hypervigilance where you're just you're just strung out and cannot uh, function normally. That's not the will of God, and that's why David said it was in his haste that he made this state, this uh, decision that all men are liars. And if you're going through that, if you've been through that, if you're suffering and you're in that hypervigilant or cynical state, say, Lord, show me your love, Doug, like you said. Show me your truth. That, and yeah, I get it. I don't trust people's flesh, but I sure do trust the God of all flesh. The God of all creation, he's got your back, and it's so easy to get pessimistic. And, and believe me as I say this, friends, uh, this whole thing Kevin's talking about is hitting uh, the target right in the middle, right on the bullseye. And so often we can get cynical. We can be jaded. We can, we can you know, and that turns into it changes our, uh, our whole being into this pessimistic, distrustful, uh, you know, just having a disbelief in society and the world. And, and, and friends, that's why we don't plug into the world to look for our joy. That's why we don't plug into the world to look for happiness, to look for all these different things, because the world's going to say, you're washed up, it's no good, there's no more relationships, there's no more friendships, your husband's always going to hate you, your wife's always going to hate you, your brothers don't care for you, and so on. We could go on all day, but God of all heaven says, I'll give you the peace that passes all understand. And by the way, if you trust in me, I got your back. There's things that are coming and, and there's going to be good days, brethren. Trust me on that. Yeah. There's going to be great days. We'll be right back with you. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements.
years ago when I was in Catholic school, there was a rhyme like, get out of the house, don't be a mouse. <laughs> you know, I don't remember. Let it, let it be around. You know, and it was for kids who wanted to go around and lay at home. They Can you imagine the 1960s and 70s looking at kids today with their Game Boys and their video games saying, man, where's your bikes? You know, did you get one of those new banana bikes with that with the long back seat that you can pop a wheelie on? Uh, do, do you want to ride your bike seven miles to, you know, to go buy some bubble gum? I mean, come on, folks. Somewhere along the way, trust God, step out, get out of the house, don't be a mouse. We find ourselves continuing on with the life of Christ and what a life it is. And that life right there gave us everything we'll ever need. When we accept Jesus Christ, that Holy Spirit is in you. Jesus is ministering to you through the Holy Spirit. The Bible says over in John 14, starting in verse 28, ye have heard how I have said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. If ye love me, ye would rejoice because I said, go unto the father for my father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it come to pass that when it is come to pass, you might believe. Hereafter, I will not talk much with you. For the prince of this world cometh and have nothing in me, but that the world may know that I love the Father, and the Father gave me commandment. Even so, I do. Arise, let us go thence. Boy, we have a promise of his return. We have a promise of, of, of God's greater authority, of, of the belief of things that are going on, of the prince of this world. Look out! And uh, the prince of this world is referring to Satan. We know that. And he's going to instigate hatred. He's going to instigate separation. He's going to instigate locking yourself in the closet. He's going to instigate having everybody around you out to get you. And you say, well, Brother Doug, how do you know those things? Because he's done it to us. <laughs> and the Bible says he's coming. He's a knucklehead. He's coming after you. But there's an obedience and love for the Father, for God, trusting in Christ. And, and, and you know, somehow... We're supposed to, and, and I don't think I do this enough, Kevin, but we, we should be rejoicing in Christ's departure of that time. And, and it should change our entire perspective if we understand why Christ left. And he's telling the disciples, listen, I'm going, and, and this is what I got to do, and this is under my Father's authority, and this is other him, but I'm giving you these words up front. You have a foreknowledge. You know how to deal with that. And, and, and Kevin, in the midst of this, we have the knowledge today. It's not foreknowledge. We're, we're living in the age of grace. We, we have Jesus Christ if we accept him as our Lord and Savior. But you know what? We're still dealing with that pesky devil. We're still dealing with that cynical uh, you know, spirit. We're still dealing with that pessimistic side of us that if we're not careful, you can take that worst day of your life, Kevin. You can take that worst week of your life and it can become the entire life. And brethren, what we want you to know is Kevin said, no, that's not happening. And, uh, but he didn't say, no, it's not happening in Kevin's strength. He said, I serve a great God. Kevin, it's a great God that gets us through. Praise God. That's exciting. Yeah. Well, it's amazing. These transitional things that were taking place here. Jesus had a wonderful ministry and he was all in and he lived with his disciples, but there's these chapters. It's hard to, to, to keep in mind that these last, um, you know, seven chapters, six, eight, eight chapters of the book of John, you know, covered not much more than a day. And it's transitional. It was things that he was saying a lot of uh, my, in my Bible, there's uh, red letters where Jesus spoke. They're not more inspired than the black letters, but it's nice to see what Jesus said. But um, 
as as I look at this, I'm like, wow, there was a lot of instructions, you know, saying I'm getting ready to go away, and uh, and so all of these things were were given to to make a smooth transition of power, as it were, from a physical Jesus Christ to a spiritual Jesus Christ inside. In fact, he said that the the presence of Jesus would be more real on the inside that because the works that we do um, will be the works that he does would be greater in us than, uh, than he could do while he was outside of us. So anyway, there's just some, there's some pretty cool things about the, the follow-up because as we read this, like you said, Doug, we're living in the day of grace, this church age, we were born into this thing after it already transitioned. So, you know, the, the army's already been born. The Marine Corps has already been born. You know, it's had its birthday. It's, it's had its establishment. Um, you know, Marquis de Lafayette's already shown up at the beginning of the, you know, the army and helped, helped the, you know, the army get going or whoever, who's the German guy that helped us learn how to march back in the 1700s. Von Steuben. Von Steuben. Von Steuben. Yes. So Von Steuben's acting and he, he taught us how to march. Uh, and whatnot and, and turned us into an army. But, you know, we come and things are already pretty well in place. There's a UCMJ and all those things. And with God, there's already, we've been through the book of Acts. I mean, we're on the backside of the book of Acts living. Acts was a transitional book. There's a lot of things. That's how it played out. And indeed, the disciples had a hard time in their own life with the transition. And, you know, I'm reminded that the Holy Spirit in any transition is the key the key, Doug, to making it successfully to the backside or to the other side of the transition. You know, when Paul got saved, he's, he went, when Saul got saved, he went to the backside of a desert where um, he, you know, he met with the Lord. And in those close times with the Lord, he came out on fire and preaching. And that's what the church did in the New Testament in the book after Pentecost. And that's, I think, when we go through affliction and PTSD, post-traumatic stress, whatever we've been through, I know the things, uh, I remember a time that I was I just, uh, you know, I was, I was healing in a physical way. I'd had surgery on my shoulder. Now my other other soldier so, shoulder needs surgery. <laughs> I've had that oh, soldier problem too. Yeah, <laughs> you would. Yeah, yeah, E nine. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, talking about soldiers and shoulders in the same paragraph but our uh our life is similar to after you go through surgery you know the back side of any trauma it, it, to come out of it you, you know you need physical therapy you need medication the holy spirit is gives medication of the word of god and let me just translate that into shoe leather christianity get yourself a bible Get yourself some good music going. There's something about good music in this day and age of many voices of of evil and 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 flattery and accusation and Facebook and all these things. You know, when when you can just get with God, get some good music. Be like Elisha. He said, "Bring me hither a minstrel," and the minstrel played, and the spirit of God came on him, and somebody got you know raised from the dead or something like that took place. That's what we need to get on the other side of of the red sea of our trauma we need to get let the holy spirit be the transitional oil you know to grease the gears get them going again you know get that initial oomph past the static 
situation to get it uh, moving again, to get it active. And and I, brother, I I just praise God for His ability because in my trauma of spiritual things, there we'd be done for except the Lord had been with us and sent that Holy Spirit, brother Doug. We'd have we've been swallowed up quick, but yeah. by God we say, nevertheless, I am still with thee. Yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful thing to know that uh, that God can do something with any one of us. And uh, God doesn't put anyone on the shelf. We do that ourselves. And, and, and folks, I love the end of that verse 31, arise, let us go hence and get up. There's going to be spiritual battles. There's going to be ugliness. There's going to be those that want to mess up your identity. There's those who want to ruin your relationship. There's those that want you to live in two years ago, five years ago, 20 years ago. Stop it. You serve a God that's given you the Holy Spirit in your heart. You know, you give the apologies, you get right, you dust yourself off, you comb, uh, you move out smartly, man. It's, it's, it's time to serve God. Let go of the junk behind you. Do it. Make that next step. Arise. Just go. Just do it. It's time. And, uh, brethren, we can get so caught up. This PTSD junk can ruin us. Or it can bring us closer to God. And I don't know about you, but it's my Savior. Jesus Christ has done a work in my life, done a work in Kevin's life, and he wants to do a work in your life. Let him. Let the Holy Spirit of God dwell within you greatly. Hey, listen, we love you. Have a great day. Come back tomorrow. We'll be glad to be with you. May God bless you. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.